This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. On Tuesday, November 27th, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau, and me, Jay Zawoski, at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood for our Puck Cancer fundraiser and watch party as the Blackhawks take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tickets are $10, and all proceeds go to the family of Meredith Garcia. Meredith lost her battle with cancer in May, and her family needs our help. Every ticket is an entry into our grand prize raffle, which includes Blackhawks tickets and a signed jersey. Go to madhousepod.com slash events to purchase tickets. That's madhousepod.com slash events. We'll see you at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood on November 27th. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090, Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933, Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien, visit chuckscafe.com, and Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Hawks win! Four to one over the Rangers. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Scores' Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. That's right, boys and girls. It's time for the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, as always, the pride of Homewood, Illinois, the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score, Jay That was just about what I expected from that game. The Blackhawks, clearly the superior team to the New York Rangers. Haven't been able to say that a lot this season, but I went into that game feeling pretty confident that they would end up dispatching of the blue shirts with these, and that is exactly what they did. Yeah, they they dominated the game for the most part. The Rangers had a couple late pushes uh, in the third period. They, They got some scoring chances, and some of the chances the Rangers got were pretty quality. Um, but in those moments where the Hawks let down, Corey Crawford was fantastic again. And uh, boy, all of a sudden, you talk about a team that's 6-2-2. Two two. Uh, they've got their all-world goaltender back, and he looks as healthy as he's ever looked. And Jonathan Taze is scoring, and Brandon Sod's coming around, and Patrick Kane has nine goals, and Alex Dabrinkit has, what, eight goals? Yep. I mean, things are happening. They might not be as bad as we thought. I think we know that. They're not nearly as bad as we thought. Um, is this sustainable? We're going to find out, but so far so good. And, you know, you talk a lot about, um, 
what do you make of this team, right? But when you play a team that you're supposed to beat, like the New York Rangers, and you beat them pretty handily, that's what's supposed to happen. That's how a game is supposed to look. So um, I think the Hawks are above average. Um, we'll see where it goes from here. But I'm very encouraged by what I've seen so far. And I think the, their last two games, the win over Anaheim and the win over the Rangers, have been their two best games of the year overall. I would say that's definitely right, and especially after the uh, cluster that that Tampa Bay game was where they gave up 33 shots in yeah. a period. They, they've come out the last two games, and their defense has been really good. I believe they gave up 25 shots against Anaheim the other night, only gave up 19 to the Rangers tonight. So Blackhawks definitely figuring out, figuring out some stuff defensively, kind of limiting the workload a little bit of Corey Crawford, and it's helped a lot that it seems like the Blackhawks have just been a lot more aggressive in controlling the puck, lengthening out possessions instead of just trying to like have a track meet up and down the ice every single time that, you know, they get the puck. And I thought that tonight, especially they did a really good job of kind of having those sustained possessions with lots of shot opportunities and really good games out of so many of the forwards on this roster. You can just basically go up and down, look at guys like Cahoon and DeBrincat and Kane and Taves and just go on and on down the line. And it's been remarkable the last couple of games, the way the forwards have really kind of stepped up and lengthened out those possessions and Got to give some credit to the defense, too. I think they've done a really nice job of pinning guys along the boards and just not allowing a lot of open passing lanes against Anaheim or against New York. Yeah, and one guy you failed to mention in the, your list of forwards there is Alex Fortain, who has now added that finishing element to his game. Nick Schmaltz set him up beautifully. He was ready, stick on the ice, tapped it in. You saw him generate a number of chances using his speed tonight as well you're seeing his confidence grow with every game seemingly almost every shift and if he becomes a legitimate scoring threat you know you talked about the the loss of Vinny Henestrosa Fortan is a similar kind of player right like a guy who plays with a lot of speed maybe not as much overall energy as Vinny Henestrosa but you've sort of replaced Henestrosa's output with Fortan here and or Fortane whatever we're going Fortane yeah Fortane well, I mean, the broadcasts go with different variations of the name, so we can pretty much do whatever the heck we want. Well, Pat Foley is calling everybody everything these days. Luke Johnson had a scoring chance. There's Patrick Kane. Nope, that's 62, not 88. He was well, doing I, that all game. Heck, even I thought, like, initially, like, I saw I saw the burst. I can kind of see where he thought that because, like, Johnson just came around the edge so hard, but – you're absolutely right. From that angle in the press box, you have to know the difference between 62 and 88. You would think so. By the way, you mentioned the Tampa Bay game, and I mentioned I know you probably didn't listen to the postgame show from the Anaheim game, um, and I mentioned how important I thought that game was because that lightning game could have been the thing that sent them spiraling, right? Like, okay, we're off to a good start, but there's been a lot of overtime games. There's been some high-scoring games where we haven't been great, we just got our asses kicked by one of the elite teams in the league. And, and instead of folding like they could have, they bounced back and responded with their two best games in a row. And, of course, the opponents are not nearly the caliber of the Lightning, but it's good to see them not get destroyed by that game. And, and you know, I, I was very worried about the Anaheim game, how they would respond to that blowout loss. And, and their last, you know, six periods of hockey – like I said, I think have been their finest. So I'm very pleased with how they just responded as a team and as a group to that loss uh, to the Lightning. 
I definitely can see where you're coming from with that. And obviously the defense, like I said, has been better. The possession has been better. They responded really well. So I do agree with you in that sense. I also will say that the game that I'm kind of circling on the schedule a little bit to really kind of see whether or not the Blackhawks have kind of turned a corner a little bit after that embarrassment is when they play Edmonton and they play Edmonton twice in the next four games. And that's a team that can definitely hit you with some speed. Obviously, Connor McDavid is one of, if not the best player in the NHL. And it's going to be an interesting kind of stretch having to go through those Canadian teams and then having games against, you know, St. Louis. They've got a couple of those coming up as well. And those are always tough divisional opponents. Can you believe, by the way, after November 14th, the Blackhawks will have already played St. Louis four times this season. I know it's crazy. And uh, they meet again, like they always do sort of towards the end of the year. Um, And they still haven't played Nashville. They still haven't played uh, or sorry. I believe they have played Nashville. I think they've only, or no, they haven't. They, no, they've they played have Minnesota. Played, they they have they have played Minnesota once. They have not played Colorado yet. They haven't played Dallas yet. So they have all these divisional opponents they haven't played yet, and yet they're going to play four games in basically a month against St. Louis. But that's for another podcast. I think that they're, the test coming up is going to be those three-game and four-night events and those games against teams like Edmonton that can kind of turn the tempo up on them a little bit. But I like the way the Blackhawks have been taking a more controlling approach to that, specifically the tempo. And they definitely did that again tonight and took a lot of the air out of the puck and used their speed and their passing when they had to. And I got to give Joel Quindle and company a lot of credit for making that strategic adjustment. And I have to give the players a lot of credit for executing that game plan. Yeah, I'm glad you gave Quindle credit. I think you and I, especially me, are uh, pretty hard on cue for some of the stuff he does, but so far, everything he's done this year has worked. He hasn't been too slow in making changes. He hasn't uh, punished young players for mistakes too much. Um, I think Brandon Saad earned Joel's trust back very quickly and has put together three of his best games in a long time. I thought, boy, that, that breakaway he created for himself using his body, using his speed, was vintage Brandon Saad. And obviously, we saw that against the Ducks as well. Uh, I don't know how Lundqvist got a piece of that because they, they they only showed the one replay, which is sort of the same angle. I think it was a, the exact same angle, actually, as the game camera. So I didn't mm-hmm. see where Lundqvist actually got a piece of that puck. But to see that burst of speed and that confidence from Brandon Saad, that is so – it's a relief. Because I, I, I don't know if you felt the same way. I, I think you did. Like, okay, last year was – you thought it was an aberration – but he comes out struggling this year and he's almost scratched and it's like, Oh God, is, is this just what he is now? Very pleased with his last three games as well. Yeah. And I, I thought that Joel Quenville, he made a really interesting comment uh, during the pregame show on WGN radio. He had mentioned that he really liked his play in the Tampa Bay game specifically. And I kind of thought back to it and I agreed with him. Like I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, he did have a solid evening that night. And it was kind of a precursor to what he's been able to do the last couple of nights and scoring goals and getting back on the score sheet and really asserting himself offensively. And he's doing all those little things that you and I talked about repeatedly, like getting to the front of the net and doing those kinds of things. So whatever it was that Joel was trying to kind of get him motivated to do, I thought that it was really good that it's obviously working at least right now. And Joel deserves a lot of credit for both that and for being very patient with guys like Alexander 14, who 
easily could have found his way back out of the lineup as Joel kind of cycles through forwards and he kept him in there. And I think that's why he's been able to start getting some momentum in his game going forward. Uh, speaking of bailing on guys and, and maybe sitting guys, I, I'm starting to lose patience with a certain Haw- Hawks prospect. Um, I thought that he would grow this year. I thought that he would sort of figure things out. I don't know what John Hayden's doing out there. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing him get out muscled on he's guy though he's not my he's guy not... is he my guy <laughs> that's the second time that this happened some guy tweeted at me he's like your guy leonard floyd sucks i'm like when did leonard floyd become my guy like, I, I would like the record to show that you were pretty amped up when john hayden came into the nhl so i think i am justified in kind of tongue-in-cheek calling him your guy i think we're gonna have to review the tape on that i don't remember being amped up about john hayden i think the fact that it was a big forward, which is something the Blackhawks lacked and still lack, was kind of exciting. Like, oh, wow, maybe this guy can do it. He doesn't play big. He doesn't play big. And after watching 60 minutes of Pat Foley flurp, flurp, slurp Kevin Hayes all night, good Lord. <laughs> get over it. Flurping? Woo, man, I hate when that happens. Yeah, I meant slurping, but uh, it's just like... <laughs> Tried to mix flirting and slurping. I think that's what ended up happening there. I don't know what it was, but Foley was I, driving me nuts all night. I don't know if I was just cranky, but like <laughs> him bitching about the icing calls and bitching about the, uh, you know, losing possession on a power play. Like, just call the game. You know, I'm sorry if like you're so annoyed that you have to be there. He was pissing me off in the preseason with that crap too. Like, I know he's a made guy, and I know he's going to be the Hawks broadcaster until the day he dies. And look. I've said this before, and I mean it. Pat Foley is the reason I'm in broadcasting. I loved listening to the guy growing up. But this new thing over the last couple of years of, like, audibly complaining when a game is not entertaining, that he does not deem entertaining enough. Screw that. Call the game. I, I, I don't know. He was driving me crazy tonight with it. And another icing call. Oh, and they dump it in. And they dump it in. Like, it's two teams that are probably not going to make the playoffs. Like, icings happen. It's a close game. Teams are, are being careful. Quit complaining. If you don't like it, John Weidman would be happy to do your job. <laughs> First of all, I think we found our next T-shirt design for Threadless. Instead of Slurpee, it can say Flurpee. Flurpee? Flur- I still think Flurpee is better. All right. And second of all, um, I know, man. I see what you're talking about. Like, there is a marked difference between the quality of the play-by-play on their radio broadcast and their TV play-by-play. And I've mentioned it early in the season. I had kind of started occasionally syncing up that radio broadcast with the TV feed. Mm -hmm. And there's a good reason why John Weideman is still one of the absolute best in the business. And there are times where Pat Foley just busts out the old axe grinder and gets working on it and he gets bored or slap happy or whatever. And it's just, it's starting to kind of grow tiresome. I'm kind of, he's starting to slip into that uh, Harry Carey and Hawk Harrelson mode for me where he's just, it's too much, man. Yeah. But when he's on it, when he's focused on calling the game, he still does a great job, but like, don't, don't, you are the play by play man. Do not throw in your uh, analysis. Uh, You know, it's not a, uh, it's not an opinion piece. You're the guy calling the action. I want Eddie O's thoughts. On what's happening. And it's not a you never played before thing, but good Lord with like the audible eye rolls. It's just, it's (laughs) enough. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of enough, I uh, teased something earlier in the day. I told uh, podcast listeners to make sure to tune into the post game show because I had some thoughts on the Scott Foster experience <laughs> coming back today. And I just I have one thing to say. Scott Foster is David Ross without any discernible talent whatsoever. Like he's just become overexposed. He's become this like running gag. He's Homer Simpson after he bowled a 300 and appeared on Springfield Squares. He is completely his 15 minutes of fame are up and we're into like hour four of him attempting to stay relevant. I don't understand why the Blackhawks are keeping him around. It's not like they need a freaking publicity gimmick. They're the Chicago damn Blackhawks. Start marketing the players that you actually have on your team and knock off this minor league triple A crap with Scott Foster. I am absolutely tired of it, and I would be thrilled if I did not have to hear his name or see his face again. Well, welcome to the dark side. I was done with Scott Foster like the day after it happened. Like, okay, do your little victory lap, go on all the news shows, now go away. And now, is he just going to be part of practice this year? That's like how they made it sound. He made it sound like he's going to be the goaltender in optional team skates. And it's like, get a f-ing ice hog come up here. <laughs> like, there are guys that are actually in your system that are not just some guy who's moonlighting as an accountant now, apparently. Doesn't he have a job? Aren't his bosses going to get slightly pissed off that he's missing work to, I don't know, pal around with the Blackhawks? Uh... It's ludicrous man it's it, literally like i saw that today and i about raged through my phone because i was like are you freaking kidding me they are preparing for a regular season game and they decided to bring in good old scott foster for shits and giggles man i was furious when i saw that today this is not double a baseball this is the national hockey league I am usually all about having fun and I really like excessive celebration and all that stuff, but this needs to stop right now. Take the game more friggin' seriously and get rid of this dope. I love that I have to dump you. I love that I'm going to have to beep you later in the podcast. This is beautiful. (laughs) You know I'm generally very good at avoiding profanity on this thing, but man, that ticks me off today. I Love it, because you know how I felt about this for a long time. I'm just sitting here grinning uh, ear to ear, listening to you go off about Scott Foster. I'm just going to say, ditto. Please go (laughs) away. Please go away forever. Is Steve Passmore busy? We can't find Steve Passmore. Like, seriously. All right. Anyway, let's let's wrap this up. We've got we've gotten kind of long here. Uh, By the way, little fun fact for you. How familiar are you right now with the NHL standings? Have you looked at them closely recently? It's funny you asked that. I actually was uh, just looking at them during the third period of the game. Okay. I w- was looking today just to kind of review. I do every couple days just to review, see how things are going in case I missed a few things. There's a team in the Eastern Conference that is 1-6-2. They have four points. They've played nine games, and their goal differential is is minus 19 meaning the opponents have scored 19 more goals than they've scored do you know off the top of your head which team that is i would have said the rangers but i get the sense that it is your second favorite nhl team it's the detroit red wings the detroit red wings are one six and two 
with a minus 19 goal differential. Did you happen to see the Los Angeles Kings' record after their loss tonight? The Los Angeles Kings' record is 2-7-1. They have five points and are a minus 18 in goal differential. And they still have Jonathan Quick in net for like seven more years. Uh, speaking of, if you want to just compare the Hawks, the Hawks are 6-2-2, two two, 14 points, plus three in goal differential. So those yeah. teams are bad. I believe the Blackhawks have scored more goals than any other NHL team, or at least it's very close. Uh, I'm on mobile, so of course NHL.com does not offer that stat. Um, cause, I, you know, I think it's... the one team that I would say might be in front of them is Toronto, but I think the Blackhawks have either the most or second most goals in the NHL. Well, we'll get that information for the next podcast. <laughs> we'll have listeners who will either tell me how right I am in my recollection or how wrong I am. I can't wait to find out. Well, by the way, you mentioned our Threadless shop. Uh, I think by now, hopefully, our at least our loyal listeners have noticed our new logo, our new uh, banner graphic, all the new stuff rolled out. Thanks to Mark Allen Fishman. He's an artist in Homewood. He came up with all of our new... Um, imaging all of our new logos those new logos will be on our threadless shop this weekend because of that we're going to launch a 15 percent off sale our threadless shop as well so go to uh, madhousepod.threadless.com or the easiest thing to do is just go to madhouse pod go to our merch section and it will take you directly to that page um buy some stuff on our threadless shop it helps us out it helps out the podcast if you're not into that you can, uh, you know, go to our Patreon, go to our GoFundMe. All this stuff, all this information is available on madhousepod.com, including information on our event at Rabbit Brewing on November 27th. You heard the promo before this podcast began. November 27th, $10 a ticket. Tickets are starting to sell. I know people are late-minute buyers, but tickets are limited, so you don't want to wait. You want to get in, and I do know... Starting next week, 670 The Score is going to start promoting this event. So as soon as that happens, those tickets are going to go really fast. So if you're a podcast fan and you've been waiting to buy these tickets, I would recommend doing it before November 1st. There are only 200 tickets available, and I think we've already sold 30 or 40. Wait, we actually have 200 tickets available? I thought it was only 100. No, 200 tickets have been made available. Oh, boy. This is to be a madhouse and i cannot wait yeah so all that stuff all the information just go to madhousepod.com it's got every episode it's got our bios links to our stories links to our twitters it's got a donation page it's got a link to our merchandise literally everything madhouse pod is on madhousepod.com so thank you for listening to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast post game show hawks beat the rangers four to one move to six two and two They are now third in the Western Conference in points. Pretty good. Uh, And uh, we have been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing. In Homewood, Illinois, for my partner James Naveau, I am Jay Zawoski. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Zimbabwe. The broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South. Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. I think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could save big. Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports update was brought to you by Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online, so any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore, so we're calling for a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com.